0: Good morning everybody. we we learning We are in the home stretch. Andrew would like to announce Andrew did not take kindly to Barry and I beating him here yesterday. So he's been here since 2 in the morning probably. He'd like to announce that we are making a seum on Thursday night, a dessert seum here at Vene Jacob Shar Zion. I usually make one on Purim uh, also because that's my yard site. So we will, uh, yeah, we're grateful that we were able to get to the home stretch of Avakama. We'll be zochet to finish that and continue learn many other masechtos. And Moshe Aziz, we've, we're, we're in extending an invitation to you. You can come to the sium, you can come for perm, you can come whatever you want. we will always be ha- happy to have you. You can bring food from New York or not. And here we go. We're on the Mishnah on Kuftet Zainoid bays, and the Mishnah is discussing an interesting new topic, related topic, obviously. Hagozel sade mechaveru untalua masikin. Okay, so this is an interesting idea. So a guy is a robber, right? He steals a field from someone else. How do you steal a field? Is a Shylance. It's all in its own right, right? You forcibly occupy it. It's not really the same kinyane gazela, because we talked about kinyane gazela already uh, in Hagozel, right? Are you really actually acquiring it? etc. But, you know, let's say you have two adjoining fields. We were learning Erevin. Barry and Andrew were uh, adjacent to each other for about a year when we were learning uh, Shabbos and Erevin. And you can move the boundary, right? Th- something like that. And then, something happens to the robber. Untaluama sikin. Right? So, people come, extortionists, as Art Scroll says, and take it from the robber. Right? So now the robber took it, and now it's taken from him. Okay, so wait a minute. So now the robber can't even return it. And how is, he, how is this going to work? So, im makas medinahi. If, in fact, as we'll see what this essentially means, the Gemara will discuss, but if this is a pandemic, so to speak, right? If everyone's fields are being taken away all over, right? So we're going to use Andrew and Barry. I think we could do it. uh, Barry encroaches on Andrew's property, let's say. He takes some of Andrew's property, and then all of a sudden, everyone's property gets taken away. So, does Barry have to return property to Andrew? I mean, does he owe him money for what he took when everyone's stuff was taken away? So, if everyone's stuff was taken away, so lo, then Barry could say to Andrew, Horatio Chalafanecha. In other words, he's not Chayev to pay for Andrew's loss of field. Horatio Chalafanecha means. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever is yours is before you, which is to say, right, despite the fact, I'll say it in a different language, despite the fact that Barry took Andrew's field, at the end of the day, there was a rash of people, extortionists, taking everyone's fields. And so at the end of the day, everyone's fields were taken away. So now Barry no longer has to reimburse Andrew for the fact that he took his field because everything was taken away anyway. Okay, that's what it means so far. However, but if for whatever reason, and I'm sorry, Barry is the last thing that he is as a goslin, but we're just using it as an example. If the fact that the field was taken was on account of Barry, and we'll see, uh, this could be, let's say, right, the contrast in the mission would be, well, not everyone's field is taken away. Some people's fields are taken away. So maybe the case was that, I don't know, they would have taken away Barry's field but Barry took some of Andrew's field, and when they came for Barry's field, he said, why don't you take this section that happened to have been Andrew's section, you know what I mean, uh, to begin with. And Barry just re- reappropriated it for himself. If that's what Barry did, then chayv lahamid lo de acher. So that indeed, right, Barry would have to give an, uh, Andrew reimbursement for the field that he took. That's the Mishnah. So now let's go. Remember him from all over Pesachim? Okay, so the first thing is just a linguistic thing. We use the word for extortionist, masikin. Rabbi Nachman is saying, you could say masikin, that wouldn't be an error. You could say Matsikin, that also would not be an error. These are all languages that would fit the phrase extortionist as follows. Mandatani masikin, You're talking about the tochocha, you're talking about the dvarim. Matzor, Matsok, you're talking about you're gonna eat the fruit of your womb, terrible, terrible plagues under the siege, and the oppression, the matzok, right? So matzok means oppression, and therefore matzikin is appropriate. Right? So it could be masikin or it could be matzikin. Manatani masikin that's what it looks like in our Mishnah. also in the context of the same parsha, it says Ye What does that have to do with Masikin, Matsikin? Because yeresh hatzlatzal means that that the locust will inherit. In other words, instead of you being able to eat the fruit, the locust is going to eat all the fruit, right? Everything's going to be eaten up. Terrible, terrible plague and all of those things. Horrible situation. And That's fascinating, right? It was not the Hebrew version, but the the targum right of Aramaic of yeresh hatzlatzal that the locust will eat everything is yach yachsininei Saka. there it is, Saka. Sakah is like cicada, right? That the, that the um, sakah is gonna eat it, so masikin is like lashon sakah, right? Uh, that it eats everything in sight, right? So basically either you say masikin or masikin, the point is that's extortionist and that makes sense. Very good, Nobody, nobody's saying it wrong. It doesn't matter how you pronounce it there, okay? It doesn't matter if you're a Galatiana, or a yeka, or anything like that. Four lines up from the Y, two dots. So let's go. What's the case? What's the case? So what did Barry do? Did you say, so let's say the extortionists came and and they took the field that Barry took from Andrew. But only that field, right? Well, that can't be the case. Right, because he the low low. In other words, the Mishnah had two cases. The first case was if it's a pandemic, so then so then Barry doesn't have to pay Andrew back. If it's not, then not, then then Barry does have to pay Andrew back. So the case can't be that it's when it says that that, that he, he had that Barry has to pay back Andrew. That only right that it was unique to Barry because we already know from the first clause of the Mishnah that if it's not a pandemic, Barry would have to pay. So we must be learning something new from the second part of the Mishnah. That's, that's the idea, right? They would mean, it would seem that the second part of the Mishnah would be redundant if indeed the case was in the second part of the Mishnah that it was a case unique to Barry and Andrew. Because like I said, just to repeat again, already we can infer that from the first part of the mission that's the whole point the first part of the mission is saying that in a case of a pandemic where everybody's fields are being taken away so then Barry doesn't have to pay Andrew so we already know that Barry would have to pay Andrew in any other case so what is the mission of teaching us when it's saying that he Barry would have to pay Andrew in a case where it has to do specifically with the Barry and Andrew situation says so the like, grammar you still need to learn it because low no, it still need to learn it. Why? You still need to learn it. Why? Ahavuyei means that Barry showed Andrew's field to these extortionists. It was what I said earlier. The way we described it was Barry all of a sudden becomes like a real estate agent. right? They come for his field. He says, take this part of the field. It's a beautiful part of the field. Knowing full well that he had taken that field from Andrew. Aha. So now it is for that reason the Mishnah is going to say that since Barry caused Andrew's field to be the one to be confiscated, he guided them, right? Then for that reason, he's going to have to be Chayev. Okay? Another version of the answer is Lishnah Hrina. What case are we dealing with? down to A case where came. They come uh, to Barry and they say, Show us Your land. So Barry knows where this is headed. Anything that he's going to show, right, they're going to take. So he showed them with his, right, along with his own fields, along with his own fields, he also showed Andrew's field. In other words, it's a little bit of a wrinkle, a little detail. Does Barry have the right to show... Andrew's field, even amongst his own fields. Can he show this field that he stole from Andrew along with his own field when idolaters who are synonymous with extortionists are coming to get the fields Fine. So four lines up from the bottom. we're gonna tell a case that's gonna clarify everything for you, Andrew. This follows. So this is not with fields. This is already with metalin with wheat. A man showed these people are coming for the stuff Stores of wheat at the home of the Reish Galusa. and sure enough, the they took them. So also the commander of Nachman. Now you go to be judged, right? Chaver of Nachman Shalume. So now the Rav Nachman said you have to pay the Reish Galusa, right? The 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 wheat. So again, people are knocking on the door. They're saying, "Show us where there's good wheat." And the guy is turning in the wheat. He's showing them the wheat of the Reish Galusa. So again. This is, just so you know, we're getting into the deep here of Dina de Garmi. What do I mean? This is, you know, the Ramban has a contrast Dina de Garmi. There is a, this is a central sugya to the topic of causative damage, because this is the ultimate sort of case in a way of causative damage. You have a guy who is, Uh, essentially a snitch, if you want to call him that. You have a guy who's taking around people who are nefarious and are, are going to be destroying and taking things, and he's directing them. Take it from this guy, take it from this guy, but he's not physically doing anything other than directing other bad people. And so the question is, that is a causative damage. That is not a direct damage. For direct damage, you always have to pay. Do you have to pay for this kind of damage? It's an interesting question, right? So this is what's going on. So the case was, so we, we may not have realized it, but we're in the heart of that suya. Okay, a lot of these cases are going to apply, and we're going to see that's going to take us through the whole daf. So, also of Nachman. So now he's going to be judged. Nachman Rav Nachman says you're going to have to pay for, for directing them to this property. Yosef Yosef Hareider of Yosef was sitting behind of Huna at the time. Okay. Yosef of of Nachman. Rav Huna was standing in front of Nachman. So I'm like Huna Barchia, Rav Nachman. Dina or Knasa? Are you saying that this is actual damages or are you doing a fine? So you see, it's a good thing I gave the introduction. Because after all, Dina would mean that despite the fact that it's a causative damage, we're treating it like damage. Knas means that really, as we would say in principle, you wouldn't have to pay. But you're a jerk, so we're going to give you a Knas. We're going to make you pay anyway. That's, how, that's the rabbis telling you that, that you have to pay, okay? So Amalair of Nachman said, Well, we have a Mishnah. The Mishnah said it's nan. We learned in a Mishnah, that's our Mishnah. Yeah. Our Mishnah says if the field was taken because of Barry directing them to Andrew's field, then he has to be Chayev. And we explained that the case was what that that was goof for the case that was exactly the case that the case in our Mishnah was that Barry showed Andrew's field to the extortionists and therefore it was based off our Mishnah right. The Ravun explained that he's posking that it, our Mishnah is teaching us what that it's real damage that showing somebody a field is real damage that you're paying out of nezik not out of just a knas. Oh. After Reb Yosef, uh, after Rav Nachman rather left, Reb Yosef said to Ravun Huna why are you asking, what's the difference to you? Why, Ma'enav Kamina, right? Why are you asking whether it's a knas or uh, actual damage? After all, either way, you have to pay. So as we finally arrive at Kav Yisrael, we say, E Dina iknasa.' Why do you care whether it was a meikar din or a knas? So on the way, Rav said, E Dina Gamina minay, iknasa Gamina Ooh, Rashi. Top line, of Nachman de De Alma. A fundamental answer that if indeed you're going to say that this is Nezek Dina means that it's actual meek or it didn't Nezek, so then we're going to learn from this to all of Shas Rashi saying, Whoa Garmin de Nezekin De Alma. In all other cases in Shas, we're going to say the causative damage is damage. So if indeed our Mishnah was used as a source to teach you that causative damage is damage, we have rewritten the handbook of Dina de Garmi. We don't need to read the whole Ramban of the uh, Dina de Garmi. We know that causative damage is damage. That's how fundamental, right, that question is of whether it's a knas or, or an actual din. Because if it's an actual din, then we learn that causative damage is real and that, and our Mishnah would be the source and that would indeed be very, very fundamental. Wow. However, it's a knas, and then we can't learn it from our mission, and therefore, that's a really fundamental question. For us. okay, so now says the Gemara, we not tamer the miknasah gamrinon. How do you know, right, that we that we would be able to uh, extrapolate from one right case to another that way? The Tanya, after all, we learned that a b'risa Barishona. Okay, so now we're going to say it like this. Even if it was a knas, maybe Dina de Gemi would still work. That's what he's saying. He's saying you can't necessarily get crazy and use our Mishnah as the one source for the rest of all of Shas. Because as the Gemara and the Brysa is now going to say, this was a subject that was a tahaim as Rabbi Safar Shlita, my dear friend, and Rabbi would say. This is a subject that has been very thorny and complicated for years. So for example, let's look at this. It says, In, initially they thought that all these kinds of right a non visible indirect damages, like a person who's metamic, contaminates someone else's produce or minasek, or right, renders someone else's one yain by pouring it for a vodozarrachman. These are not visible direct damages per se. And so it does is he chived to face. And so in, in the beginning, they thought that he is Chayef, and then Chazru Lomar Afa medame. Then they answered, then they uh, also added if somebody mixes Truma, right, Demai, into this mix, that's also Chayef to pay. And Chazru in, and this implies that later they included that case of Truma, of Madame. However, Lo Chazru Lo, but had they not included, he wouldn't be Chayef. Oh, so wait a minute. Right, so the, the original context of the Brysa had nothing to do with Garmi, it had, had more to do with indiscernible damage. But in the indiscernible damage, they brought in this Truma case. Aha. Uh-huh. So it sounds like that's later on, they brought in this this case of indiscernible damage of demai. But the fact that it was causative never really was the issue. It was just a fact of whether it was visible, right? So that's what the Gemara is spelling out. Isn't is it because the the idea of nezik for indiscernible thing is a knas anyways. And for knas, you can't extrapolate from one to the other, right? So the fact that they had this controversy is making something demai, a uh, nezik or not, had more to do with the fact that you can't extrapolate knas from the other. And so maybe it's not really something that once we figure it out, it can be applicable to all of Shas. So Yosef says, Hello. Now this was not an issue of whether it's visible or not visible or a knas or a din, it just had to do with and meruba. The whole thing was, can uh, can you give a knas, right, in a case of a specific, uh, where we have a specific reason? What was the reason? Were you preventing a major loss? Like if you contaminate someone's produce with tuma or makes them wine, nesach, so you've taken this entire giant amount of produce and you made the whole thing worthless. That's, really, have some maybe it's for that reason that you hide, right? However, but they weren't sure if you mix truma with the chulin, so all you have to do is take out truma and bada bing, bada boom, you're already, the re- you save the rest of the, right, of the produce, right? The produce is irretrievable if it was used for, for Avodah Zara, or if it was, right, turned into, uh, if it was, if it was made Tame, right? You can't make it Tahar again. You can't make it not, Right? I nesach again. But truma, you just take off truma and you're good. So maybe that was the distinction. In the end, they included the truma also because despite the fact that it was a small half said, they also were going to make the knas. But it wasn't like the issue of extrapolation of a knas to another knas. right? It's more has to do with we're already making a knas. We want to know is it applying only in the case where we lose the whole amount of produce or only when we lose a small amount? That's one question. Now, there's another version of the b'risa, though, that seems to indicate there was something else going on as follows. <speaking in Hebrew> Is this really so? Because the father of Rabbi Avin taught the Brysa the following way. It says, <speaking> in <Hebrew> oh. So in this version, they were talking about Tumah and Demai in the same breath. And then Chazurul Omar Afamanasech. And all of a sudden, the controversy was not over Demai, which was a Hefzid Muat, or rather it was about Nesech, Yai Nesech. And so there again, what would be the reason why initially they thought it wasn't? And then it sounds like if they hadn't, uh, changed their mind that it wouldn't be. My time What was the reason there? So it's right? So now that you don't have the Hepsod Meruba issue anymore. Right, so then what is the distinction that made them initially think that they weren't going to give a knas on Yain and now they changed their mind to say that they are going to give a knas for Yain right? Before we had it clean, because Yain Nesech, right, and Tumah are both Hefs and Merubah, right? And then Truma is not. But now the pairing is different. Now we have Yain Nesech isolated from Truma and Tumah. Truma and Tumah, one of them is Hefs and Merubah, and one of them is uh, uh, not a Hefzed Merubah. So what is the distinct factor of Ya'in Nesach? By definition, we have to say that it can't be, has to do with Hefzed Merubah, but it's not Hefzed meruba. Maybe it's back to this idea of whether we extrapolate Knas from Knas, says the Gemara. No. No. Now, what's going on here in this Bresa, right, according to Rabbi Avin's father, is a totally different halacha, and that is what distinguishes Yain Nesech from Tuma and Truma. What are we talking about? So now you have to read. Now we're going to teach you what it means. As follows in the first end of the first middle uh, line. Aven, Here's the case. What did they used to think? The Ravi You might remember this from Maseches Shabbos. mitchilas Remember this, Barry? A person shoots an arrow daladamos on Shabbos. Rachmanolitzlan. So that is an act. That is an Issadar Raisa, right? Chavez. Misan Shabbos. What happens if it tears someone's clothing, their silk clothing, during the course of its travel? So Rabbi Avin said he is putter. Putter in the sense that what? He's putter for paying for the clothing because of Kim Levader Abimine. Why? Because he's incurring a death penalty simultaneously with the monetary payment. Wait a minute. He shoots the arrow at 130. At 131, it pierces the clothing at one thirty-two, it lands. Doesn't Kim Lebed-Rabbonne require for it to be simultaneous? Why does Rabbi Avin say that you employ Kim Lebed-Rabbonne and pater him from the monetary payments of the Gemara? Because when he shot the arrow at one thirty, that arrow, what comes up, must come down. It's a prerequisite. And the entire act, this is another way of saying the entire act of shooting the arrow all the way until it lands is one long act. And therefore, it, it is... Since once it's in one long act, the Mitchai of b'nafshah is happening at the same time as the ichi of mamon, and therefore you employ kimle, right? That's what, that's what Rabbi Avin said, okay? So now, what's, what does that have to do with, so therefore you would say that yai nesech is exempt from payment. Why? Because you pour the nine nesech, this is, this is, right? So it's a totally different argument. It has nothing to do with the has nothing to do with the Hafton It has to do with how does one uh, have to be obligated to pay somebody else for turning their wine into Ya'in nesek? After all, avoda Zarah is a Chih of Misa. So you take someone's wine and you pour it into, uh, into some sort of avoda Zarah ritual. Now you're chai of Misa. So why would you pay for the Ya'in? So according to Rabbi Avin, you wouldn't pay for the Ya'in. Because after all, right, at the same time that you started pouring, you started doing a Vodazara, and that's when the wine became useless. It has nothing to do with Garmi, has nothing to do with Hepsod Merubah, has to do with you are chay of Misa, and therefore you do not pay for said Yain. As opposed to Rabbi Yirma holds, what did he say? When it comes to the, let's say, the arrow, right? So maybe he would say that that it's not a kiro chanacha that you don't pay in the case of the arrow because of kim levid rabiminei because the act preceded the act of shooting the arrow preceded right the point in time where the arrow pierced the clothing and therefore the same would be true of the yai nesach because kanye mamon because after all at the moment that the wine was stolen he was konaet and now he's chayef to pay for the stolen wine. And therefore he breaks up, right? The two right and temporally in terms of the two time periods. First is the theft, and so for that theft he's chayef. And then when he pours it, he's chayef misa for avotazar, And for that reason, he's chayef to pay because the two were not coincidence. And therefore, since it can be interpreted that way, so we can't. So it has a totally different, not related to the issue of. Knas extending to the rest of Shas, and so we have the shot in our in our uh, braces as follows. For now, now let's talk some stories. Here we go. Back in the fifth middle line. Now we're going to talk some. Now we're going to go fire around, Andrew. Don't worry. We're going to try to finish uh, Bava comma this week. Uh, we're going to go fire around stories about this idea of causative damage. As follows, Runa B'yudeik visited a place called Abione. He and comes says hey have you heard any uh, la Maisa incident requiring this idea like what, can you teach me any Halakhah Maisa like and says i'm holding in the Suger Rava says of we have a Jew that of the and they say i want to take away stuff so he shows his neighbor stuff that case is the case i'm I'm harving over right now and guess what? I think Barry's Chayef for showing the Goyim, the, the Andrew stuff. So i Wait, so Rav says to him, He says, Rav did not like that decision. He said, tell Barry, tell Andrew to give Barry back the money. Why? Right? People ask the, um, the Jew to show him some money, show them the money, and he shows Andrew's money, potter says that uh, the Barry's potter It's only if Barry literally takes Andrew's stuff and gives it to them, then he's going to be hived because that's not causative damage that's direct damage oh. so now Rabba said on this bright said well if 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 Barry showed them, even if he didn't actually hand it to them, but he showed them without being forced then it's as if he took it with his hands, right? So if like, as he sees them coming up the driveway, they were really coming to tell him that he was, right, winning a million dollars from publishing house or whatever. But he just thought that they were coming to take away stuff. So he volunteered the information. So he said, come take Andrew's stuff. Then that would be like handing it over. You don't have to physically hand it over. Be that as may, a new case. Right? So again, the Goyim show up. They want to take the wine of Rav Mari, Ben Reprinchas, Ben Reprinchas, R- and Amrulai, and they said to him, amte pick up the wine, come with us to the king's palace. amte So he picked up and went with them. And then he came to Ravashi for the judgment. Is he chayev or not? So Patrina, Ravashi, says, you're pater. So Amrulai, Rabbanu, Ravashi, Rabbanu said, why did you make this guy pater? We just said that if he carries it physically, so then that's not, right, That's not causative damage. That's direct damage. So, it's only direct damage when they, when he didn't first uh, take the extortionist to the money. Which is to say, the guy comes and says, "Show me the money." So, at the moment that he shows him the money, that's already the damage has been done, right? Because it's already as good as taken, and therefore he's not really taking anything new exactly what the Gemara is saying, that once he first takes them and shows them the property, so then mikle kalya means it's already been burned. So by the time he's handing it over to them, it's already a goner. And therefore, he's not technically causing damage, even though he handled it, right, even with his own hands. He only handled it with his own hands after it was already rendered gone. Okay, and therefore, he's not high for that. Okay, okay so the anas is the extortionist. Hoshit li Kia amirzeh. So to me, give me that bundle of straw, or give me that cluster of grapes, or hoshitlo, right? So again, Barry's giving Andrew's grapes to the extortionist. Chayev, Barry's chayev. Why is Barry chayev? Well, he's handing it to them. I guess so. What's the case, right? In other words, he's handing it to them, but he first he's already standing there. So in other words, why is Barry chayev after all? The extortionist already saw the produce. So isn't it already giving him something that's a goner? So the Gemara says, No, it's when Barry was actually very active in giving him the stuff. they were on opposite sides of the river. Barry did the service of bringing it over. So that until until he brought it over, it wasn't going to be accessible to the extortionists. That's a different story. For that, Barry would be chayev. And that, in fact, is meduyak. That actually makes sense. Taikanami. It's meduyak. It says that, he says, extended to me. It doesn't say give it to me, which means to say, it implies that it was not accessible. And then Barry made it accessible, and therefore it is for that reason that he's chayev. So now two dots in the middle of the page. There's a trap, a fish, over animals, trap, two people are fighting over the trap. Barry says, it's my trap, Andrew says, it's mine. So Barry has an Einfall. He has a cool idea. They're fighting over it, everyone says, it's mine, it's mine. Barry, this is not really in character, uh, but what you did was, you said, well, if Andrew can't have, if I can't have it, and Andrew's going to fight over it, I'm going to tell the officer of the king, and they, they're going to take it away. None of, none of us is going to have it. Question is, does Barry have to then pay, pay Andrew? Now, wait a minute. Amar Abaye says, Barry doesn't have to pay Andrew because after all, we haven't resolved who it belongs to, right? They're fighting over who owns this trap and Barry gives it over to the, to, to the authorities. Well, why would Barry have to pay Andrew for the trap? He hasn't conceded that it's Andrew's yet. He could say, it's my trap. I'm allowed to give my own trap to the authorities. Says Wait, is this still? Would you still say it's within his power when they're fighting over the trap to give it to the powers that be? In other words, it's not his. I mean, it's not not his. It's not his. Like it's, you can't say conclusively that it is his to give it over. So what would be the resolution? Rava resolves as follows. Yeah, we're not going to give Barry and Aliyah until he brings the trap back and then we're going to have a proper... Bezdin as to who the trap belongs to. See what I mean? And Shantinalay, there's an excommunication going on. a chayam. Okay, story time. This is a wild story. Ready? Okay, a certain person wished to show his buddy's straw to officers of the king. This is going to be a cause of damage. So, also the rav. So, our very kind of case comes before rav. Amrlei, rav says lo lo You can't show it. So, amrlei. And he said to Rav, Machvina, Machvina. I am going to show it. Yosef of Kahana the Rav. Rav Kahana was sitting in front of Rav. And when he heard the reply, he did something wild. He broke his neck and killed him. Okay, he did not take kindly to somebody talking to Rav that way. In other words, again, Rav gave a psaq that you can't do it. This causative damage. The guy did it, said, I'm going to do it anyway. So he broke his neck. Okay. Kari Ravi Levei. And to that, Rav said the Pesach in Isaiah in the 51st chapter, Your children fainted, they lie fallen at the head of every street like a wild ox trapped in a net. So Jews under domination are like a trapped ox. Just like when you have a wild ox, once it's in the net, nobody has pity on this this ox. So too, Jewish money, you know, once it falls into the hands of the non-Jews, they have no pity on the Jews, right? There is, unfortunately, a certain satisfaction they get, right? They're complaining that the Jews run the banks and the industries and all the things, and as soon as they get the Jews under their finger, they're uh, we've seen it in the Holocaust and elsewhere, more than happy to strip them of everything, okay? Wow. Awful stuff. we got to really keep our heads together here. So I'm going Havu Parsai. So, now, the truth is, Rav is talking to Rav Kahana after he's, hanged, he's got this dead guy on the floor. And he says, Until now, those in power were Persians. And they didn't care if we killed each other. You would not have been in danger. But the Greeks are a little bit more refined, even though they're also low lives. The They don't like the Shavikos Damim thing. They're going to call you a murderer. You have to run away. Do that classic thing when you run away to Israel to escape the law. Okay. So this is how Rav Kahana ended up running away to Eretz Yisrael. However, what really bothered Rav, um, Rav was not that Rav Kahana killed this dude so much, but was that he kind of um, uh, was was speaking out in sheer, out of turn. So therefore, you're not allowed to give any problems to Rav Yochanan, because we know Rav Yochanan is a great god on Eretz Yisrael. When you get to Rav Yochanan's sheer, don't give him any problems for seven years. That's going to be your penance, right, for the fact that you, like, acted out and killed a guy in Shir. Okay. So, wherever you find Rabbi Yochanan, you're going to find Rabbi Yochanan. So, sure enough, Rabbi Yochanan makes aliyah. He goes to Herat's Estrel. He arrives at the shiva of Rabbi Yochanan, and he looks for Rabbi Yochanan. He finds Rabbi Yochanan sitting reviewing. He's giving chazar shir with all the other rabbis. comes, yom He's giving the daily shir, chazar shir, to the other rabbis, right? So again, reish Lakish is giving over yochanan's chazar sheir to other rabbis. Amalou. So he listens to the shir, Very interesting. So he says reish hacha. So reiv kahana says, has anyone seen reish Lakish? Not realizing that he just heard reish Lakish give the chazar shir. So amalai, they said to him, amai, why do you ask? So amalou, hi Kushiva, Kushiva Peruka high peruka Uh oh. Kana is a brilliant troublemaker. He gave trouble in Rav Shir, now in Babel, now he's giving trouble in Rav Yochanan Shir in Eretz Yisrael, but it's not Rav Yochanan Shir yet. He's giving trouble in the Chazar Shir of Rish Lakish. He's saying, that question, I, I have difficulty with this question, and this question is not a question, and this answer is not an answer. He's starting to starting up in Shir. So, Amulele Rish Lakish, Said to Rav Yochanan He had, the, you have a wise guy here with all these questions and answers. So, Azul Rish Lakish, Amulele Rish Lakish, Lakish is saying, Rav Lakish. We have a real Talmud chacham here. Now, don't forget, he's already been warned not to cause a stir. Rav Kahana has been warned not to cause a stir in Rabbi Yochanan's shir. But he caused a stir in Reish Lakish's chazar That was okay. Now Reish Lakish is informing Rabbi Yochanan a huge Talmud chacham from Babel has arrived. Ari Alami mi A lion has arosen from Bavl. It says, let Rabbi Yochanan scrutinize carefully. Better be careful. Tomorrow's Shear, you can't mail it in, Andrew, because he's saying to Rav Yochanan, you can't mail it in because he's going to tear you to pieces. Right? We got a sharp one in Shear now. So what happens, Barry, when a hotshot comes up at the Shear with a big reputation? You put him in the front seat, in right in front of Rav Yochanan's face, right? He's the guy, is the prized Talmud. But don't forget, Rav Kahana has already been forewarned not to, not to slug up the Shear. So Rav Yochanan's darshaning, and Rav Kahana's quiet. Shmaya suvelak keeps darshaning, nothing. They said this guy is overrated. They put him back seven rows because he didn't say anything. As a lemla and ad basra. Okay, now eventually they kept moving him back until he's in the back of the row. I'm Arisha Marta Your famous line has turned into a fox, right? You came in with this reputation. He's nothing. I turned him into nothing. So Amr, Ye Rava the honey Shva Dari Lahu Chiluf, Shvash Nin Rav. Of Kahana, was he going to be suppressed for the full seven years that he promised? I don't think so. He says to himself the following cheshman. He said, These seven rows that I went back, let's assume that that's in place of the seven years I was supposed to be silent, right? Because the right, the embarrassment of being moved back seven rows, that'll suffice to fulfill this promise I made of not being seven years. Uh, of being quiet for seven years. Okay, so he, being sent seven rows back, that was his cue. Now he could start slugging up shear. Right? He couldn't wait. So he says, kama He gets on his feet. Nedar he said, Say that sheer again. Amar so Rehachon starts saying shir, the shear again. And if Kahana is ripping him to shreds, ask Kasha, kama. Then they put him in the front row, because they see, uh-oh, here we go. Rehachon says another thing. Boom. Knocks it down. The slugger is here. Rabbi Yochanan Yosef start Tartiki. Rabbi sitting on seven rugs, and as as Rav Kahana is slugging each thing, Shalfele Chadav is circling to say they keep moving another rug from beneath Rabbi Yochanan with each passing slug. Rabbi Yochanan said another thing. Rabbi Kahana again, actually, he raises the difficulty. Now Rabbi Yochanan is on the ground, and he's getting slugged up left and right by Rabbi Kahana. We see the brilliance of Rabbi Kahana. Now, Rabbi Yochanan was an elderly man, and his eyebrows are hanging very low, and he is like, who is this guy? Because normally he couldn't see. He says to his Talmudim, uncover my eyes, i got to see this dude. For whatever reason, you know, obviously you look at the Benyo Yoda or whatever and look at why they used, needed to use a silver eye applicator, what is, you know, behind this story. Anyway, they lift up his eyebrows, he sees Rifkahana, Chaza defritei sivasei, and he sees Rav Kahana had this weird thing where he looked a little bit like the Joker Lahavdil, where like even when he wasn't smiling, he had this like uh, what we call uh, angular kilitis in dentistry. It looked like he's smiling just because of how his lips are split. So Rav Yochanan thought that Rav Kahana is laughing at him. So Rav Yochanan felt bad. He felt that he was being laughed at. Because he felt bad, Rav Kahana passed away on the spot. Is that how it ends? Oh my goodness! Next day, Rabbi said to the rabbis, "Did you see what that bubble, the Babel guy did? He was mocking me." So so far so good, right? He died. <laughs> no, he said he wasn't mocking you. That's just the way his lips look. When Rabbi Yochanan heard this, he felt awful, so he goes back to the burial where, where the place where Yochanan is buried, the, the cave. the achna as we turn to Kofi and Be'ez, he sees that a serpent with a tail in his mouth is circling the cave. Armalei, says to the snake, He says, open up, I've got to go and let the teacher go to the student. Lopatach, the snake's not having it. so He changes, he says, because like, he had described himself as the rabbi and Rav Kahane as the student. So he said, no, well, fine. A colleague wants to see a colleague. Lopatach, the snake's not buying it. And Rav Yochanan. Uh, was able to, right, diminish himself and consider himself the Talmud, the Rav, the snake lets him in. When he enters the cave, he prays to Hashem and Rav Kahana, thank God, came back to life. Had I known that you just have angular colitis, I wouldn't have been so disheartened. I didn't mind that you slugged me up. I just didn't like that you were laughing at me. Can you come back with me to Shear? So, really, so if Kahana says, if you're able to pray that I shouldn't die again, I'll come to shear. But I don't want to die again. This is like a dangerous shear to go to. Otherwise, I'm not going back. He says, Clearly, my time of death has miraculously passed. And so therefore, I'm not going to risk it a second time. So ukme, V'yoharon woke him from his sleep, raised him to full life, and Shaila, and he asked Rav Kahana, to resolve all of his questions that he had and all the Taisvason and all the different questions in, in, in Gemara, and Rav Kahana resolved all of them for him. The greatness of Rav Kahana Amrei, Dilchon unbelievable. And that is the great Torah knowledge. That's why Rav Kahana used to say, I used to say that the Torah is yours since you, right, since but I realized that it's actually theirs. In other words, Rabbi Yochari used to think that the greatest Torah was in Eretz Israel. It was with this activity of Rav Kahana that he realized that the Torah was coming from Bavel at that point, that the Torah center had shifted and some of the greatest learning was going on in Chutzlar. It's unbelievable. Okay, 11 lines down, two dots. The informer. Back to the informant. A person showed Rav silk to the officers. Yosef, Rav Abba, Right, they're sitting in judgment on this guy. and is sitting near them. They wanted to rule that he is chayiv. Because why? Because it says in the Mishnah is the following. Right, donis You remember this from Daf Kuf? It says that if a person is adjudicating a monetary case, there's a wild case that we learned that there's a case. Sometimes judges have to pay out of their own pocket. Right. If you know that the judge is judging wrongly, Zeke chayiv, is a zakai. Right. They say that the that the chayiv is 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 not chayiv the, the the not chayiv is chayiv timei at torah right they make mistakes night and day torah is tame, tame is tar, masha asa asu vishalom ibeso amazing amazingly you don't reverse the din once they've the, what once they've laid it down but the judge himself has to pay out of his own pocket amar lu rabbi biyad so when they heard this. They said, "Wait a minute. That Mishnah is talking about a very unique case where the judge literally issues down the din, and then literally, like, Andrew doesn't owe Barry money, but he takes it physically from Andrew and gives it to Barry. That's when he has to um, actually repay Barry. Uh, Andrew. So, anyway, be that as may. Zil the Gabi of Yakim In other words, so the Mishnah was inconclusive. So now we, because that was done by hand, that was not causative. So they say, okay, go to Shimon Ben Eliyakim of and Pedas and dine din so now we're really talking about the causative damage of Garmi. Let's get into it. So, Azullah Gabay, Rabbi Yabba went to them, and Chayvim Masnison. They did it on the basis of what? Our Mishnah, because as we said, our Mishnah might be the locus classicus for the Dina of the Garmi. Right? Im Achmas Lamidos Adayacher, as we had said earlier. That if, in fact, Barry is the reason why they took Andrew's land, once Barry took it and he showed them the land, so then that is going to be Chayv, if you. Interpreted as Vyukmina, the achve, achve that he showed it to them, and that's why he's Chayef, then indeed we do hold Adina de Garmi is also. So now, uh, 10 lines uh, from the Y2 dots. So, who Garved Abimachbe de Chasva? Person with a silver cup deposited for safe Loya. And thieves come to the house. So again, this is an awful case, I'm sorry. So Barry has Andrew's goblet in his house. And now robbers are showing up and they want to take whatever they want to take. So what does Barry do? He says, Guys, leave me alone. Take this silver cup and on with you. Well, he's giving them Andrew's cup. So now the question is, does he have to pay Andrew for the cup? Patre. Rabbi patre him. Why? This person saved himself with the property of his friend. I thought that you have to pay for that. If... Barry is rolling in it, and he is extremely wealthy, so then that wasn't the right thing to do, Barry. You could have given him anything, but you yeah. Dafka chose Andrew's goblet, really, Barry? You should be ashamed of yourself. However, v. law, I the Katsparasu. But if that was the most valuable thing in his whole house, and you had nothing else to give them, so then it makes sense. So, you see what's going on? If he did it to save himself, and that was the only way he had to save himself, he won't have to pay Andrew. But if he could have saved himself with any one of his possessions, and he took Andrew's possession, then he will have to pay Andrew for that. That actually makes sense, okay? Four lines up from the Y, two dots. Right? Uh, there was a purse of money. The whole shul was gonna uh, participate in So, Andrew's holding the purse of Shari Zion's, right? money. Uh, and somebody comes and threatens Andrew. They say, Give me that purse. What's Andrew going to do? He has to give him the, the purse with the money. So now the din is Does Andrew own the shul, the money? They say Andrew does not. But he saved himself with other people's money. in That is Pidyon Shroim. But Andrew is saving his own life. That's the greatest expression of opinion true. I and mean, it is for that reason that the, even though they gave the money, maybe to save some other person from prison, at the end, they saved Andrew. And I think we could all agree that Andrew is someone worth saving. All right, so let's resume tomorrow at the two dots, of the first wide line on Kuf Zayn Ahmed Bez.